Hello and welcome to the Why Is It So Good podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Middleman, and today I'm sitting down with my friend Eli to discuss the film Slumdog Millionaire. Eli Sider, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm here up in uh, my dorm room at school, so uh, getting used to that. Excellent. And wh- where do you go to school? So I'm a film major at the uh, University of Michigan. I'm now in my senior year, so I'm uh, 22 years old. You have selected for us to talk about Slumdog Millionaire today. Um, and I'm super excited about that. I think I had only seen it once before. Um, so it was really cool to kind of dive back in. What was what was the first time you saw Slumdog? So it's actually kind of a funny story how I saw the first, t- the first time I saw this movie. Um, back in my last year of high high school, so back when I was 18 years old, I took a film class by accident. I didn't mean to take it, I just ended up in the class. And one of the movies I had to watch was Slumdog Millionaire, and I saw it, and the thing that really stands out to me to this day is that my teacher mentioned is that you have to pay attention to the colors in the movie. And so I watched it, and I loved it, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna become a film major now. So this is kind of the movie that set me on my path to becoming a film major. So this was like a little a little gem someone turned you on to? Yeah. Interesting. Did they say anything like specific about the colors or just generally? They more said like look out for the colors like when we first started watching and then at the end we all kind of like we're talking about colors and what they meant in the movie and I'll talk about this more later but specifically the colors that Latika ends up wearing a lot and what those have to do with the film are really important. Ah, super interesting. I do not know about this. Who is who is this teacher? Oh, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Miss Wise. I have no idea what she's up to nowadays. I don't know if she's still teaching there. Um, but if you end up watching this one day, you made it possible. Thanks for making me watch this movie, Miss Wise. Shout out to Miss Wise. Um, Shout out to Miss Wise. That's really funny. Cool. Um, yeah, and me, I saw it for the first time. I saw it in theaters, actually, when it came out. Um, but it was such a like overwhelming experience, honestly, like there's so much going on with the music and the colors and the flashbacks and like the stories jumping all over the place. I don't think I even like processed it the first time. So yeah, just a super quick synopsis. Slumdog Millionaire is about a Mumbai teenager who reflects on his life after being accused of cheating on the Indian version of who wants to be a millionaire. Slumdog was directed by Danny Boyle. And Loveline Tandon, Tandon. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen any other Danny Boyle movies? Uh, not ones that I like remember. Not really ones that I remember now. So I think the big, the big three for me are um, Twenty Eight Days Later. Okay. I don't know what I don't know what your relationship to zombie movies are, but it's it's awesome. I will check um, it out. Definitely, definitely check that one out. He did. Um, train spotting, wild movie, okay. and he did <laughs> he did um 127 hours, which is like a weird. Uh, oh, that's him. Yeah, I didn't know that. I've seen that. I didn't know he did that. Oh yeah, James Franco huh. trapped in a canyon. <laughs> that's a good synopsis. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> to, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty solid. I think this is arguably his best. It did win Best Picture at the Oscars. Um, so this right. is big. Right, so that definitely has that going for it. All right, so let's dive into our first little activity here. Um, some good cu- icebreaker questions, and we can just take turns asking each other a question, and don't feel like you have to go in order. Um, right. Would you like to ask the first question? 
Yeah, I'll get started because I, I see a funny one that I want you to answer. Okay. Uh, is there a movie star you would be willing to jump into a pile of excrement to meet? Ooh, that's a good question. I haven't thought about this. So, but I did just see him on the TV recently. So I'm going to go, no, there's no movie star. I'd actually jump in extra bit to me. That's the real answer. But I think the closest thing I'd go with is uh, Tom Cruise. I just have, Tom Cruise. yeah, despite any craziness in his personal life, I just think every time I see Tom Cruise, he, um, he always brings it. And I really appreciate that. He goes all out. Yeah, he's like going to space. <laughs> what? Jumping... Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's part of Mission Impossible or if it's part of another movie he's organizing with like Elon Musk, but he's like, they're actually filming it in outer space and it's like the first of its kind. Oh, you know, I heard something. I didn't know that was for real. I saw something. I thought that was fake. <laughs> it's too strange oh, to do. Yeah, he's going I mean, in. if anyone's going to do it, it would be Tom Cruise though. Yes. And I think my number two actor would be um, Michael B. Jordan. I just have such a such a man crush on Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah, I'd want to meet him too. Um, do you have Do you have any actors you'd consider jumping into um, feces for? I, w- I would not. No, I wouldn't jump into feces to meet an actor. That's a, that's not too high on my to do list. Um, if I was gonna, if like I got the chance to meet somebody to not jump into a pile of extra for. <laughs> I'd want to meet Tom Hanks. I feel like he'd be a really nice, he'd just be a good guy to know. I'd be really interested to meet him. Hanks would be delightful. Right? I just feel like it'd be a really wholesome experience and you'd you'd get a lot out of it. Oh, and there is, there is this one actor that I've always kind of been like intrigued by. I'm trying to remember his name. He was in like a lot of like action movies in like the early 2000s. He was the star of Avatar, the one with the blue people. He was also in one of the Terminator movies. Oh, I know, I know exactly who you're talking about. I do not remember that man's name. Sam something, I believe. Sam, Sam something. Yeah, he was in a lot of like action movies at that time. And Sam Worthington. I just I want to kind of talk to him because I like I saw him in like ten movies maybe, and then like never saw him again. I'm like I want to ask him like what happened. Yeah. Oh, that's a great. To? <laughs> that's a great answer he was like poised to kind of like take over the world like star of two major major franchises but for whatever reason he just he didn't capture the zeitgeist people right. he's, he's out <laughs> I, but, I hope he's doing yeah. well I wish him the best <laughs> you're watching Sam we're rooting for you man keep at it he's probably doing alright he's probably still hanging out on that avatar money I'm sure he's doing very fine. I'll I'll ask you a question here. This is a tough one. Okay. Is Jamal, the main character, a lucky person? Yeah. So okay. So I, I've got I've got a good answer to this. I think I have a good answer to this. <laughs> this is like uh, a heavy question. Uh, yeah. According to the movie, I would say that Jamal is not a lucky person because they have this almost like subtextual religious message that's being presented throughout the movie. Like it happens right at the beginning. It says Jamal is one question away from the biggest prize of his life. It says how is it possible? A, he is lucky and there are two others. And then D, it says it is written, which is like loosely translated to something in either Islam or maybe in Hinduism where that's some kind of religious idea there. And then they touch on that with dialogue from the characters throughout the movie um so they definitely i would say from the movie's perspective it's he's not a lucky person it says it is written so it's his it's his destiny sort of idea 
Uh, um, me watching it the first time, I would say my thoughts were, of course, he's a lucky person. That was like my immediate thought. But the way the movie presents it, they definitely present it from more of a destiny aspect, which was, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, How that's a you? really interesting way to look at it. So I have like a, a very different take on it. I'd say like, I'm going to say he's not lucky. Um, obviously, there has been a ridiculous streak of luck in his life. At, at the moment that this game of who wants to be a millionaire started uh-huh. um, because basically every single thing he's gone through has just <laughs> the stars have aligned to make right. him perfectly um, know every single answer. And then obviously he has this amazing luck at the end um, knowing that final answer or taking a stab at the final answer and getting it right. But right. then it's like you look at the situation he was born into and he was born into oh. just like a really brutal, brutal upbringing. So even though obviously he was super lucky later on, um, it's just like so sad that anybody in this world has to kind of go through what he went through as a kid. And mm-hmm. that's why I like the, the message of this movie. I feel like a little conflicted by it because you're like, it feels like it's like this really uplifting story, but then you're like, wait, what about all the other people who went through like similar situations, but didn't happen to end up on a game show. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to unpack, but that's really interesting. I, I love your that like, that's, that's a lot heavier than my answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I like, I like your take on destiny. Like I didn't even think of that, but that is sort of like what the movies that is sort of like the thesis of the movie that he was destined for this and maybe he was destined for it to shine a light on some of the things that he went through. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely like, there was definitely some renewed interest in like what, uh, like what the situation is for a lot of socioeconomic, the status of a lot of people in India. So you want to ask a question? Is it my turn? Do I ask a question now? Yeah. All right. Ooh. Okay. Uh, name a different movie you would like to see end with a dance number, like Jai Ho. Great. Um, much lighter question. Right. So <laughs> that was best to go up and down, sort of thing. Yeah. So I would love to see one of the Transformers movies end in a Jai Ho esque <laughs> dance number. <laughs> I just think the visual of like Optimus Prime dancing. Maybe you have like a little Shia LaBeouf or someone dancing beside him. It really add a lot of life to those movies and kick it kick it up a notch. So that's my answer. Transformers. That's what they gotta do for the new ones, because the new ones haven't been so good. If they put the dance number in, like that's what that's what'll get you there. Yeah, absolutely. And the new one. ones the new ones already Bumblebee or whatever already starred what's her name? Uh Haley Steinfeld, who's a pop star in that's her own right. right. That's so, right. Yeah, they've they've already got it all lined up. They just gotta make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, Michael Bay. Get to it. <laughs> we're waiting for you do you do you have any movies you want us you want to see go out on a dance number i was gonna say i'd love to see like infinity war happen with a dance number at the end like yes. everybody's dead and that's like just kidding massive <laughs> dance number oh boy. i thought that'd be really funny but might not have been the note that they want to end that movie on <laughs> no but but yeah there's a lot of good there's a lot of good uh I'm trying to think of which superheroes I'd like to see get down on the dance floor the most. Probably, I know he wasn't the Hulk in that one, but he had the armor. I'm I'm going with the Hulk or Bruce Banner. <laughs> Him in the massive Iron Man suits yeah. on the dance floor. That would be a visual. Yeah. 
I would, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd be into that. I'd be very into that. <laughs> Final question. Is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire the greatest game show of all time? Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, no, it's not my favorite game show. For me, it's a little bit slow. I'm a big fan of Family Feud. It's one of my favorite Ooh. game shows to watch. Um, <laughs> actually, if, if you just go onto my YouTube, you can see like on the top of like stuff you want to watch is like Family Feud funniest moments. <laughs> so I'm definitely a big fan of those. <laughs> um, I also, I don't hate Jeopardy. I do like Jeopardy a bit because I do like answering the questions, but there'll be some rounds where it's like, I have no idea what these are. But Jeopardy's yeah. Tough. I think for me, I would, I would, I love Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. At least like when it first came out and Regis was the host, it was like sweeping the nation. Like we were, we were hooked. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but I think Jeopardy, I, I love Family Feud as well. I'll stop and watch that anytime I just like randomly come across it. It's so much fun. Um, but uh, yeah, Jeopardy is just like what you think of when you think of a game show. I think it's like, it's hard to argue against that one. It is. It's a classic. We are going to jump into our deep dive on the day. I'm going to speed through a synopsis of the movie. And Eli, if you want to jump in at any point with a question about the movie or like a comment or maybe something I missed, feel free to stop me and just jump on in there. All right. Here we go. Jamal is on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? One question away from 20 million rupees. The evil host of Who Wants to Million Be a Millionaire has him kidnapped and brought in for questioning. Jamal is forced to explain how he got each question correct. At an early age, Jamal and his older brother, Salim, live in poverty and love a movie star. They are tragically orphaned during the Bombay riots. They meet a young girl, Latika, who joins them. The three are later caught by local gangster Maman, who kidnaps orphans and forces them to perform and sing and occasionally blinds them. Jamal and Salim escape. Can I interrupt for a sec? Please. So something really interesting, because I actually watched this movie like two days before this, because I knew I'd <laughs> I want to like be have a bit fresh. I was paying attention to color because I hadn't done that in a little while. And a lot of the parts when they're when they're with Maman in this camp is you see a lot of that yellow orangish tone which is in later on when you see Latika again, she's wearing this yellow scarf. Um, and that really comes to represent that. And a lot of what yellow represents in films a lot of time is nostalgia and looking back and like what you liked about the past. So mm -hmm. in a lot of scenes where Jamal and Salim are having a lot of fun together and they're like good moments in Jamal's life, they're going to be with that nice yellow tinted tone, specifically when they escape. Sorry, you haven't said this yet in the synopsis. Sorry. It's okay. When oh, they spoilers for uh, escape Slumdog from Maman's camp. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, it's 12 years old now, but you should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when they escape, it's got that same, t that same light on it. And then it just all comes back together. And that's really where you see a lot of that light coming in. So that's a really cool part of it for me. Ah, interesting. Now you're going to like jump, dump all this on me and I'm going to have to go back and watch it all over again. You got to watch that's it again. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Um, okay. So yellow is kind of nostalgia and the happy times. Interesting. Yeah. In a lot of, in a lot of times, it's not like a hundred percent, but if you like, if you really want to look for that, you can definitely see where it lines up. Huh? So Jamal and Salim escape, but how do you say it? Latika? Latika? I think it's Latika. Lat Latika. Okay. But Latika is left behind. Years later, 
After hustling at the Taj Mahal, Jamal and Salim rescue Ladika, and Salam kills Maman, but becomes evil in the process and kidnaps Latika himself. Yeah, there's another moment in here where um, uh, they they're kind of they're conning all these tourists at the Taj Mahal mm-hmm. and stuff, and then they well because tourists are really gullible and they have like really this down to a science of how to get money from tourists, and there's this one scene where jamal will lure the american i don't know if they were american but i think they were an american couple away from their car they and were. then salim comes and they steal the tire they like steal everything from the car and then they come back and when the police a police officer catches jamal it's like how could you do this like you disgusting street rat and the americans are like no 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 don't do this and jamal says you want to see what the real india is like this is what the real india is like and then the wife says, well, this is what the real America is like. And the whole time I'm watching that scene, I'm like, you're confirming so many bad stereotypes about <laughs> Americans and Indians at the same time. And I had to, so I did a gap year before college and actually went to India. And it's oh. kind of true. Like this whole aspect of like people like go to tourists for money. Cause it's while we're familiar with like begging in America, the degree to which it's done in somewhere like India is very different. It can be really shocking. And, a friend of mine, he really like, he gave up significant amount of money to some beggars. And at the time I told him like, you don't really know where that money's going. And I think he did the right thing. It was a really nice thing to do no matter because he definitely was better off than this person. But uh, after seeing this movie and then looking back at that, I was like, hmm, a lot of <laughs> truth coming in this scene. That, that moment was bizarrely kind to Americans for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was all, it was kind, but it was also like, it makes you feel like, oh, we're so like, dumb. That, yeah, we don't. We're kind of dumb, yeah. That was kind of dumb because they, because it's not like they like falsely accused Jamal of anything. Like they kicked him, but like he did kind of right. lure them into a trap to get their entire car taken apart. Right. Uh, <laughs> game show time. The evil who wants to be a millionaire host tries to feed Jamal a wrong answer, but he doesn't fall for it. Great scene. <laughs> yes. So I just have a question, like. What is up with the game show host? Why is he so evil? <laughs> yeah, so they do paint him as pretty evil. The um, He does give some backstory when he's actually in that same scene when he's in the bathroom with Jamal. They take a break after one question. It's a commercial break, and uh, they both happen to be in the bathroom, and the way the scene goes is they're just talking, and then you see at the end of the scene the guy has kind of breathed on the mirror and then written in a B because it's A, B, C, D for answers, and then Jamal sees it, and then he goes back on the show, but he actually feeds him a wrong answer. But the reason that this guy is trying to trip up Jamal is because Jamal is maybe at this point two questions away from becoming one of the only people to win this much money on the show. And there's only one other person that's done that, and it's the host. So the host wants to be the only one. He doesn't want anyone kind of taking his place. So that's why. Oh, I missed that detail. That makes so much more sense now. Yeah, he's not just like evil for no reason. I was like, I was like, does like the does the prize money come out of this guy's paycheck? Like, what is what is going on right now? But that makes that makes a lot of sense, and it does it does make the show like more special when you know that like not a lot of people have gotten the grand prize. Yeah, they like talk about in the beginning like doctors and lawyers have on the show. They don't get more than like sixty thousand rupees, which hmm. by the way is not a lot of money. Jamal is now working at a call center. He finds Salim's phone number and learns that Salim now works for a slumlord who is holding Latika captive. Salim eventually feels bad and helps Latika escape. In present time, 
Jamal receives the final question on who wants to be a millionaire. He doesn't know, but he takes a guess and is correct. Jamal meets yeah, up. There's, Go for it. There's, there's some really, th- that scene is really, really important, like thematically and narratively. It's, it's really the climax of the whole movie. Um, again, with colors, the whole thing has this yellow palette over it, and Lottie is also in it. And the final question, he doesn't actually know it. So the whole thing is they're all questions that, based on his life experience, he knows. But this one question he doesn't know, and the question is, what's the name of the third musketeer in uh, Three Musketeers? And the answer is, uh... oh, wait, don't. <laughs> okay, I can't remember the answer right now, but it's Athos and Porthos. What's the third one? It was like Arios or something. (laughs) Something. Wow, it's bad. I can't remember this. But anywho, he doesn't actually know the answer either. And actually, Jamal and Salim refer to themselves as the three musketeers throughout the entire movie. But it's just the two of them. And so when they're asking who is the third musketeer, he uses one of his lifelines to call to Latika. And she is the third musketeer for them. But then it's also she doesn't know the answer either but he guesses it and he still gets it right. And that's kind of the symbolically of them all coming back together. And it's the three musketeers. Well, Salim technically dies. So I guess they don't all come back together, but <laughs> the idea is kind of there. Yeah. I mean, Salim, Salim got his redemption. So that was, that was, yeah. Nice. Salim gets his revenge and redemption. You, you definitely end up feeling uh, like he's a good person by the end of the movie. Yeah. But Salim, he went down a real dark road. He really did. Yeah. He, you, it's, it's really cool to see kind of the divergent path. I'm actually a twin. So I'm actually really fascinated by this is how they both oh, really yeah. start. We haven't even mentioned this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they really start in the same path and you can see how similar they are and they really start to diverge specifically when, um, Salim kind of becomes the, uh, I think they call him the dog of Maman's group. They make him kind of the enforcer amongst the children. Yeah. And then that really leads to him becoming a gangster and everything. And Jamal kind of strays the other way. So out of you and your twin brother, who who do you think is the Salim? Oof. Like which <laughs> one of us is likely to become a gangster? <laughs> there's not really there's not really a good answer you could give here that won't offend or uh right, right. put you down a dark path. Right. I'm thinking, like, is there any, like, one thing that one of them does that one of us has done that's not, like, <laughs> terrible? There, there is one scene where the, um, I think Salim locks Jamal in an outhouse, and he has to, like, go yeah. through the hole in the outhouse to get out. And I was like, yeah. I've definitely done that to my brother on, like, numerous occasions when we were kids. So yeah. I can't say for sure which one of us is the Jamal and Salim, but I'd say we each have jamal and salim like tendencies based on where we are in our lives so that's a good answer there's a little bit of salim and jamal in us all exactly yeah, very <laughs> diplomatic answer getting to the end here jamal meets up with ladika and they dance the night away at the train station um the end so this is yeah, a man. really interesting movie here i think i think one thing that's like super interesting is just like the plot is so bizarre almost (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty convoluted they're doing the whole they're doing parallel storytelling but also well but in reverse so they have they're kind of telling the story of all the questions and then they're also telling the story of his life over here and it's it's a little complicated because you have him on the game show you also have him being interrogated by the police and then you also have his whole life flashing before his eyes sort of thing 
Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of interesting, there's a lot of interesting, how it was written is pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's almost, it's like a double flashback because you start yeah. at the end of the game show and then you're flashing back earlier and way earlier in his life. But then you're also just flashing back to like earlier in the game show. So it's not even like yeah. both timelines are moving forward. It's, it is kind of weird. Yeah. But what you de- it's a movie you kind of have to see more than once. I almost think of it like Inception in that way because you can kind of watch and be like, oh, that's the plot. And they're like, oh, that's everything going on. So Inception's a really interesting comparison. Yeah. Um, they also do pretty fun stuff with the color yellow, uh, orange, yellow in Inception. Interesting. I think you need to start like a uh, a category of like the color yellow in movies. Like a book. I, I've actually I've been really fascinated with how they do color and the psychology behind it in movies. I found that really fascinating, but yeah. That's a really interesting thing to look at. I think that's one of the areas that's probably escaped me more than anything. I mean, for like a good movie, there's so many layers and so much that's going on. Um, but yeah, how you use color to kind of manipulate people's emotions and uh, bring themes home is just fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. I'd love to see like a paper, like some kind of like essay online, how that, how that's done. Okay. So let's dive into just some of our favorite moments from the film. Um, yeah. You want to share, you want to share your favorite moment and we'll kind of trade some moments. Yeah. Let me, okay. Let me just think for a minute. I gotta say like, <laughs> the moment when Salim and Jamal, when I guess Salim locks Jamal in the bathroom, I was, that was just kind of funny. <laughs> that moment yeah. that got to me is very like, it's very sibling kind of, it's that very nice sibling moment. And then there's this scene where they, they're they on, it's after they've escaped Maman, they've abandoned Latika, that she got left behind, and they're on a train. And they're kind of living on this train for a couple of years. They're selling stuff in the train to make money. They're like ducking down from the top to steal stuff out of the train to feed themselves. And it, it's a very kind of feel-good moment of the movie. Um, and what's happening there is they fall off the train and then they kind of roll down this hill. And when they get up, they're new characters. They've aged up. They're closer to their actual age. And I think that transition is done really well. I also really like the song they use in that whole montage is really good. And just the that, way I it's think that was, was that MIA? Was that Paper it Planes? Yeah it's, only, yeah. yeah, it's the only MIA song I know. I actually, <laughs> I ran to it the other day and I'm like, oh, this is kind of a good running song. It is a great song. That that whole part of the movie is probably my favorite part of the entire thing. Um yeah, them on top of the train is awesome. You feel amazing. And then yeah. I feel so much danger for them when he's hanging off, like trying to take the food. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, I literally thought he was going to die there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. And then you mentioned the transition. I literally had to like rewind it three times because I was like, wait, did they just age up? Like it, it looks, it looks yeah. like seamless. Like it's the same shot. And, but I'm like, I swear they look older in that next shot. <laughs> yeah. They, I don't know if they use doubles. Like they had the actors duck out and the new actors duck in, or maybe they switch shots, but I don't remember. It's um, it was just done really well. It just, I like that part a lot. Some mm-hmm. other, I love the ending when, um, Latika picks up the phone. Just that whole scene is done really nicely the ending scene in the trade station with Jai Ho and the dance, I think is, is really fun and a really fun Bollywood trope. Um, and then the scene where Jamal and Salim's mom is killed is really, Ooh. really tra- tragic. Yeah. That's a yeah. really, cause it's not, it's not really at the start of the movie. It's, it's a pretty decent way in. So it, that really hammers 
it's like, wow, his life is tough. His life is really rough. His brutal. And that's really what starts him on. Yeah. That was that was really the first like super heavy thing that happens in the movie. I mean, well, the game show interrogation is surprisingly heavy. They're like <laughs> waterboarding. Yeah, they him. do kind of wire him up to a car battery, and that one is kind of like really <laughs> brutal. But um, yeah, yeah. But that it's just like it's a pretty terrifying scene. Like so chaotic with all of the kind of rioters charging, and then like she just gets taken out, and there's not even like time to process it um, right no he, like they don't come back for anything like she's just like she dies and then like the story just moves forward and you're like what just happened the yeah the movie and the filmmaking just has like so much power power to these moments it's yeah. really intense yeah they do and one of my favorites is i feel like it's become like a trope in movies and i'm not sure if slumdog was the first one to ever do it but um, I, I kind of want to do like a whole analysis of just this scene happening in movies, but when they're him, when Jamal and Salim are up in that skyscraper and they're like talking and Jamal like tackles him out of the window. Yeah. Right. But it's not real. It's like a fantasy. Right. But that moment is just like really breathtaking. And like, I don't know how they did it. If it was like wire work or whatever, but like, it's like shocking and just like, looks like. The scope is incredible. Um, you can right. feel like the gravity pulling on them, and but then obviously it's not real. And I feel like I feel like I've seen that in other movies as well since then. Like I think they did in like Horrible Bosses or something. I feel like a lot of movies have done it in like TV shows. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah, it's it's definitely like kind of a cliche, but in this one, it feel it feels really earned because you really like you know what's going through his mind at that time. Any any other favorite movies on your end? Or are you ready to move on? Any other favorite scenes? Uh, I got the bathroom scene when he's with the evil game show host, and then the <laughs> whole following scene where he has to make that decision. And you can really that just credit to like Dev Patel, who was the actor for Jamal. Uh, you can you can see the gears turning. You can really see what he's thinking. He's like, I think he betrayed me, sort of thing. And that's um that's a cool scene to watch. That is a good one. That's super intense. <laughs> that host is so intent on like, get, on like, it's, it's, it's almost like a game of poker. Like the host is just trying to prod him into switching yeah. it up. It's like, are you sure? I don't know which one he picks. He, I think he picks D and the answer is B and he's just like, are you sure it's not B? <laughs> yeah. And his response to it's like, are you sure? It was also a pretty, a pretty, um, strong move by jamal to take the 50 50 on that one to really like call him on his bluff and see what's what yeah but it doesn't even help i mean it just i mean it increases his chances but like it's still he still has to guess yeah he still has to go for it um but you almost well no i think he i can't remember if he actually knows the answer to that one or if he just picks the other one because the host had tried to mislead him and he knew he was misleading him i'm not sure i think if he knew he probably would have said at the beginning yeah so he almost like used the game show host to get past that question. Oh, yeah, he kind of did. Yeah, smart, smart kid. Jamal's clever. He deserves it. And all the love he gets <laughs> at the end. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to our award on the night. We're calling this the GOAF Award, the greatest of all film for your favorite character Ooh. in the movie. I'm trying to find someone other than Jamal because saying Jamal is like he's the main character. It's like that's what you're supposed to think. Mm. Um, Let's think about who's in there. You got you got the blind kid or the kid that was blinded. 
Yeah, you, you really you feel for him. That's really tough. You got you got the American family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think about the, you got the 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 act the famous Indian actor the Bollywood guy. Uh, I don't know. I I do like the um the head police officer. I think he's the detective. He's the one that eventually says, "I'm inclined to believe you." He doesn't really do anything super special other than just believe Jamal, but. I, I always like his character because I'm like, wow, he's like listening to reason rather than kind of he's not just going along with what people are telling him. He kind of thinks for himself. So that he always looked like a good person to me. So I always liked him a bit more. I obviously like Salim's redemption arc. I think it's good. I I never connected with that that much. I do like Latika and uh, Jamal. I just think they're really just really well thought out characters and they act really well. Um. Yeah, I, I'm going to come back. I'll say Jamal. Jamal's my favorite character. He just does a lot of admirable things, and he's has a lot of good qualities. Nice, nice choice. And Dev Patel is just like the man. He's such a good Incredible. actor. So I'm going to give – well, first I'll just you? give an honorable – I'll give an honorable mention to Salim. I think okay. – I, I agree with you that, like, he has a really interesting arc, but I don't know if I ever, like, personally connected with him. Um, but he goes through, like, really interesting transformation, and – I enjoyed his performance a lot, but for my for my greatest of all film, I'm going with Evil Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game show host. <laughs> that man, I was not sure what his motives were or what was going through his head, but I could not take my eyes off of him. I was just like fascinated by him. Like, how is he a celebrity? And how is he so intent on destroying this kid and like not letting him win his game show? I want a whole spinoff movie about that band. I gotta say, I do love. I would watch that. I would. I really. In, I love the way he says, "Like, who wants to be a millionaire?" <laughs> definitely, guy. He's got a nice way of saying it. Yeah, I need to get some like bootleg old like "Who wants to be a millionaire?" Uh, <laughs> Indian versions. See if it's got the magic. <laughs> We're on our final question: Is Slumdog Millionaire better than Blank? Each episode, we try and pick sort of a movie that's of a similar caliber that would be a tough call between the two. And we try and get you to definitively definitively say, is Slumdog Millionaire better? So I was thinking about this. It's tough. I mean, Slumdog Millionaire, so many accolades, so many awards, such like innovative kinetic filmmaking, just like a beautiful film to look at, to listen to. So incredible. But then you said something earlier that made me think of another film that, (laughs) that, it's also a beautiful film. So I want to ask you, is Slumdog Millionaire better than Inception? Ooh. Okay, so I have seen Inception. So Okay. Okay. I'll be honest here. To this day, I've I've seen Inception like 5 or 6 times. I still don't fully understand the movie. Can, can and I'm also, right okay that's a good question which is also part of the reason i'm kind of scared to go see tenant because i'm really worried i'm not gonna get it yeah i've heard a lot of buzz but, that it is just as confusing i haven't seen it i'm yeah. you know virus stuff but i'm dying to get in yeah. there at some point we all gotta get out and do some stuff but is it better than inception there's a lot of things i like about inception it's like a completely new concept. Like there's really, there's really nothing else like it. Um, they do a really good job of setting up their world, setting up the rules. 
And the hallway scene where they're switching the gravity, but the camera is fixed on the floor. So people are just spinning around and they have zero gravity scenes. Blows me away. Still today, it blows me away. Because uh, it, it's not even like, it's not effects or anything. I mean, they literally built this hallway. They put it in like turbine and they're just spinning it. And to me, that's still one of the coolest things I've seen in a movie. But I gotta say, I the story of Slumdog Millionaire, I think, really sticks with me a lot more. And I like to say to all my friends, like, I really value the production value of something more than the story. Just that's what I that's what I do a lot in movies. I really look at like lighting and how they did stuff and how they shot it, and I've always appreciated that more. So that's what that's what makes you want to give Inception kind of the edge because <laughs> they have some incredible visuals, like really, really breathtaking still today. But I don't know. I I want to. I, I gotta say, Slumdog Millionaire. There's just something about it that connects me to the story a lot more. I'd say the the characters are more grounded because the motivations in Inception for the characters or what they're doing is Leonardo DiCaprio's character. His motivations are pretty clear. Why everyone else is there, it gets a little bit blurred over time. Yeah. Yeah. Just Slumdog Millionaire is more is more real to me. I feel that movie a bit more. So that's that's my answer. All right, I respect that. Slumdog Millionaire pulls on the heartstrings. I'd still give it. I'd still give the edge to Inception, just because it's one of those movies I can like. Even though, I, like, my brain knows that things don't totally make sense, um, mm. my eyes are just like can't take my eyes off of it, and I can just like flip it on at any time, and I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like going to a weird yeah, art exhibit I, or something. If if it was any movie that really didn't that didn't have like as much of an emotional connection to, I give the edge to Inception every time because I really do. I love those visual moments when I when I say wow. But something about this movie. All right. Well, Eli, it has been such a pleasure talking about Slumdog Millionaire with you. Is there anything you want to plug? Is there anywhere? Is there anything that uh, people can see your work? My work. Yeah. So, so like I said, I'm a film major at the University of Michigan. I am aspiring to become an independent videographer. So I have an account on Vimeo. That's where you can find a lot of my works. I've done some advertisements and some videos. I've recently oh, entered a video competition for actually my county, Oakland, and for a COVID-19 uh, video inspiring people to wear masks. And I actually won that, which was really, really very cool. And Congratulations. Um, I, thank you. I also work for the uh, student newspaper in the video section here at my school, University of Michigan, the Michigan Daily. I'm actually ah. plugging my, my sweatshirts. Shout out to Michigan so, Daily. What what topics? Yeah. Do you cover everything or do you have a specific uh, piece of the news? So I, with another guy, I, I head up the video section. So we mostly were covering a lot of news events. There's actually a whole strike going on at Michigan because graduate student instructors and a bunch of other employees at the university don't want to work not don't want to work but they're protesting and striking because they um they're protesting on the conditions in which COVID-19 PPE and some policies and such like that are being uh done oh wow so you guys are right yeah, in but, the thick of it <laughs> yes we are but if anyone is looking for advertisement work or any videos to be done for yourselves reach out I am available <laughs> all right thank you so much we'll make sure to put the links in the description below to eli's work and don't hesitate to reach out to him um yeah yeah thank you thank you so much um it was awesome awesome chatting yeah. with you today yeah andrew it was great talking to you
great talking to you and keep uh, checking out the yellow in movies and letting us know <laughs>